sorry about that, mate. That's right. Um, the last thing you said was. I ju I'll just introduce. The revolving door, and then. Yeah, I'll just introduce the the NRL watch again, and then I'll cut it and then put it in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Three, two, one. Sorry about that little technical hitch. We, uh, me and Robin lost connection there. We're, we're talking about the NRL. We're going to reintroduce this. So not watch NRL, NRL watch. And as I just said, it's, it's well, off over, which you haven't heard. I wouldn't do this without Toby usually, but this story is absolutely massive for the revolving door of rugby league transfers with a new team coming in and players moving and not ha having a season out and, and everything else. But... The Newcastle Knights have reportedly pulled their extension off of Caelan Ponga in a stunning twist to the superstar fullback's future. News Corp reported Ponga and the Knights had agreed to a five-year deal. However, it was pulled by the club on Friday, just a few hours before their game, which Ponga ripped up again, as usual, and showed why he's worth millions and millions of dollars. Uh, this opens the door for Ponga to link up with the Dolphins after, being, um, after sitting down with uh, head coach Wayne Bennett earlier this month. Ponga is signed until the end of 2024. However, he has an option in his favour for the final two seasons, which means he can leave at any point during those final two seasons and has to make a call by the end of round by round 10, which is in four weeks' time, I believe. Uh, the Dolphins have been surfing Ponga as their potential marquee signing, and it now looks likely that the 24-year-old will end up in Red, uh, Redcliffe. This opens the door for the Knights to storm to chase Storm superstar Cameron Munster, who has also been involved with the Dolphins with a long-term deal. Um, Ponga's father, who's also his agent, Andre, uh, wanted authority over the, when the deal was announced, not the Knights, and that has created some unsettlement at the club. The Knights wanted to unveil the deal last week, but Andre was not on board. The extension was understood to, between, to be between 1.1 and 1.2 million US uh, Australian dollars for another three years, which would have kept Ponga in Newcastle until the end of 2027. Knights management have apparently been fed up with his dad, delaying the announcement as well as the money being paid for Fonga who has not yet hit his best form. Arguably he hit his best form after the announcement, which is which is ridiculous. Um this is huge. It's massive disruption for the Knights off the field, which will affect the players on the field. And yeah, Ponga has six weeks left to decide whether he must activate or knock back his option for twenty twenty two and twenty twenty four, but it looks like he won't stay beyond this season. Yeah, I think it's pretty like when when we're sort of having these conversations, you know, he's not hanging around. It's just when and to who he goes for, for how much. Um, yeah, quite quite bad for the Newcastle Knights, really. I mean, this is a a guy that is a superstar player, and when he's saying he doesn't want to commit to a club, it's. I mean, really, really for Ponga, he's thinking, where am I going to win an NRL? That's that's his yeah. goal because he's good enough to do it. Um, yeah. And so when he's saying he doesn't want to stay at the Knights, he's basically saying, I don't think this, this club's capable of winning a, 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 a premiership whilst I'm here or in this time span. And, you know, that's not good for the Knights to be in that situation. I think um, it's a weird one because I kind of agree with the idea that he's not in his best form yet and he's kind of a little bit overrated, a little bit overrated, yeah. but he, the potential is, is there for him. But I do think that um, this is a good way for Ponga to cash out on that potential before it gets to a point in his career where we go, actually, he never reached the heights that, that we thought were, was going to happen. So I'm sure that's playing a part in his decision to, to, to do it now as well. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he wanted to stay uh, with the deal having been agreed. But this seem, I think to me, it seems like more that his, because his dad's his agent, his dad's wanted to take so much more control. And, we, and we've seen this before where agents have priced players out of moves or pissed off clubs. And I, I say that to be as, as PG as possible. They have annoyed clubs and clubs have gone, you know what, actually, we want the player, but we don't want to deal with you as an agent. So we're not going to offer you the contract. Um, fair play. If Ponga goes to Redcliffe, that's huge for them. That will entice other players to go and maybe accept a little bit less money. I mean, it looks like they've already got the Bromwich twins. They'll already, they've already got a number of quality players to play for them next season. Uh, next season. From what it looks like as well, though, the Storm have offered Munster seven hundred and fifty thousand per season to stay, but the Dolphins have indicated that they're willing to pay him a million dollars per season. If the Dolphins now land Ponga, 
the path will be cleared for the knights to begin a shock chase for a monster. If you're the Dolphins, do you go for a million a season on Cam Munster, or do you go a million a season on Tonga? Because you're only going to be able to afford one at that on that money, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, for me, without a shadow of a doubt, I'd pay Munster every single time. I'd pay more for Munster than I would for Tonga. I know, I know Tonga is a superstar. I know he's in that number one jersey, which seems to be the, the highest paid player or the, the top players in our game, but Munster is world class. Um, he's got a lot of years left in him. He's very, very wise. He's just such a good rugby player. Do you know when he's when he's got the ball in hand, he's, he's a real threat and he's dogged and he's a good defender as well and he's consistent and yeah, he can he can lose his head a little bit, but I think it's only because he's such a competitor that he just doesn't take a backward step. Which is, um, so on the other hand, Tonga, I think he's um. He's had so much expectation from a young age that he, he truly believes that he is uh, a superstar. And he, he is a great player, but sometimes that can lead to um, a bit of arrogance. And we've seen it in, in sort of off-field incidents and little remarks and his attitude towards towards certain things happening where it's like like he's good and he knows it. And, and sometimes in our sport, that is actually quite a toxic thing to have in a team. Um, difficult to build a team around somebody who's who's got that potential to um, be be a bit arrogant. So, and obviously, you know, look at his dad. If his dad's difficult to deal with, he's following in his footsteps. Maybe, you know, we, we don't know the whole story. I'm just speculating, but may you know. Whereas Munster, I think, okay, he's had his off-field incidents, but they're not they're not uh, they're wrong, but they're not as sort of yeah. dangerous as Tonga's. Yeah. In terms of like how the team responds. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Pong, we'll say this now. Pong is going to go to Redcliffe. Fine. We're like that. We'll take that. Munster goes to the Knights. Fine. Cool. That makes sense. One player leaves. You sign another player. If yeah. you, if you're Melbourne and Munster does decide he's going to leave to go to Newcastle, which would shock me because he's he's even though he's going to be uh, probably earning more, he's probably not going to be a good a, a better team. If you're if you're Melbourne and Munster leaves. Looking at off-contract halfbacks that aren't going to cost you anything, you've got Albert Kelly at Broncos. Probably not going to go for him. You're looking at the no no one at the Bulldogs is is going to be really worth it. You've got Matt Moylan at the Sharks, and then you're looking further and further down. Kieran Forum is off-contract at the Sea Eagles. Cooper Johns is off-contract at the Storm. Could they offer it to him? Uh, Chanel Harris Tavita at the Warriors. Cody Nicarina's there. I mean. Nobody of any serious world-class note is standing out to you at any club. Anthony Milford at the Rabbitohs is, is available at the end of the season. They're gonna have to. They're gonna really have to do something and convince someone to or buy someone out of the final year of their contract, aren't they? Yeah, it's a difficult position for the Storm because they really don't. They really haven't. There isn't a replacement for Monster out there. So I, I imagine. I think that deep down Munster would rather be at the Storm because the same reason that Ponga doesn't want to be at the Knights, he wants to be in a team that's at the top of the table every year and he's got a chance of winning more things. Um, but he's kind of got him in a sti sticky situation where there isn't much of an alternative and there comes a point where they're going to be paying overs for him. So um, it's, a fine, it's a fine line, but I think that they'll be willing to pay a bit more to keep Munster rather than looking at the alternatives that are out there, unless they're sitting on some young talent that they're willing to take a risk on. Yeah, which would, which would be very much like the Storm under Craig Bellamy. Yeah. We know how, yeah. we know how good it, it's, um, is Craig Bellamy and, and the Storm. We know how good he is as the coach. And, but th this could cause absolute carnage in terms of which halfback to play and where. And I'd only, I'd only love it if the Munster went to, Red, uh, went to the Knights, or even if Munster stayed at the... Um, at Melbourne, I'd love the Knights to snap up Luke Brooks for his contract for for a million pound a year, and then maybe I hopefully then then you know I'd rather pay. Do you know what I mean? That'd be fantastic. How crazy! How crazy! 
Brooks on a million yeah it, it, it's really absolutely mental when you think about it but plenty of players off contract at the end of 22 there's plenty of player movement still to come and there's plenty of movement towards Redcliffe to come as well as we know they've not they haven't got a full 13 they have a few players from the New South Wales Cup side or well all the, the sort of Jersey Blake side and stuff so that'll be absolutely fantastic for them and fingers crossed that Wayne made a fantastic job with them. It'd be ridiculous if they finished as a top four side in their first season. We need to move on, and it's nearly time to wrap up, and so we'll, we'll move on to our, our predictions. Congratulations, Mr. Mister Robin. You had a six out of six week this week. KR Saints, yeah. Catalan, Fax, Cass, and Whitehaven all picking up wins. That puts you within a point of me after both me and Toby had four-point wins. Toby can't catch a break, man. He's leaked. He's just lagging behind. He's two points further off you than he started last week, and he's not here. But I'll, I'll have a little giggle at him. <laughs> and so, unfortunately for him, he, he is um, he, he is struggling at the minute. And I'm kind of glad because he, he blew us away last yeah. year. So um, we'll start off though with game number one. We'll go to the NRL. It's Cronulla versus Manly. Is this? Mm. This is I've chosen games that look tough for us this week. It's the only game being played on Thursday. I think both teams are reasonably close together in the table. One's fourth, one sixth, or one's fourth and one seventh. Tough, really tough um, to pick between these two sides. With no Tom Savoyevich for Manly, they always seem to be more inconsistent than consistent. The Sharks, the Sharks are the both teams are four wins from six. The Sharks have dropped down third on points difference after the storm moved above them. Um, for me, it's got to be it's got to be Cronulla. They they do seem like the team to be in other than obviously other than the, the Panthers and the Storm. They are the team to beat in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree. We we picked up a good team this year. I think they've got a good all round squad. Whereas um, Manly do tend to rely a little bit on their key players. Uh, which they're without, so yeah, I'm gonna back the Sharkies. Yeah, we don't know Toby's result, uh, Toby predictions yet, by the way. So once we do know them, we'll put them up on social media. Hopefully, we'll send them over to Reply, but he's busy, so I'll let him off. Uh, game number two, it's a bottom of the table clash in Super League. It's Leeds Rhinos at home against Toulouse Olympique. Whichever team loses this game. We'll finish. We'll be bottom of the table after ten games. With this is mental. Like no matter which, both these teams will be eleventh and twelfth. It's just which way around will they be come come the end of the weekend. I'm I, I picked to lose last week to beat Catalan, and they looked like they were going to do a good job. Leeds without Tetevano, without Bentley, Sinfield playing in the halves, Austin's injured. They got blown away. Well, they should have been blown away by a cast team, which they... I don't think they beat them in the end. I don't think they even beat the cast in the end. But oh, this is ridiculous. And I'm with confidence, I'm going to say Toulouse are going to win this one. Oh, it's, uh, it's... What a crazy situation. You would not predict this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's terrible league side. I'd hate to be a coach at a doctor's team. <laughs> a big call because I know we, we said this didn't we like there was two there was a like you, I went, we went to watch your ball pass as we mentioned at the start of the show on um, Friday Friday I think it was Friday no Saturday evening wasn't it we, we went to the Lions Stadium and there was plenty of chance going on and there was only two chance I said to you I said I won't actively chant for any other team I won't like I won't chant for York I won't chant for like Newcastle I won't chant for, chant for anyone other than other than Pats um, there's only two chants that I agreed I would uh, continue. One of them was 
just trying in Yorkshire, which is fine. Like, I'm not trying for York, I'm yeah. trying for the county. Perfectly fine. Not not for the not for York. Um the other one was we all ate leagues. <laughs> so like like yeah, who doesn't join in with I think even Leeds fans are sometimes singing. Like <laughs> and at the minute it wouldn't be surprising if, if they carried on. So for me I would love to see them finish bottom or at least finish eleventh. Like this goes back to the year they got into, they got into the like the qualifiers and they, they struggled to get out of the qualifiers. Like yeah. it's ridiculous the fact that they're, they're that bad this all, year. All seriousness is we hate leagues but only because they're good and really, <laughs> like Super League needs a strong league side, so they need to get their act together. Obviously we want to lose as well, so for us this is like um we don't really want either team to go down. There's other teams that yeah. um, Toby would feel more than happy to mention deserve to be in the championship. <laughs> yeah, a hundred a hundred percent. I mean, like, if this is a draw and Toulouse win, both teams will be on four points. So, like, if it goes to Golden Point and Toulouse winning next time, both teams will get four points. We'll, we'll finish the season, we'll finish the weekend on four points. And I think that's the best that we can ask for, I think, isn't it? Like, I, if I'm being strategic, I'd say I want Toulouse to win because you know, they'll still pick up points later in the year, whereas Leeds could turn it around. So we get Toulouse nice, some nice points, get them that little bit closer to safety. And then Leeds can just go the long way around, but they'll be able to pull it off. But you're still going for Leeds this weekend. I'm just still going for Leeds. <laughs> uh, ga- <laughs> uh, game number three, Championship. Uh, it's a side that we've seen play, Newcastle, away at Sheffield. Two teams that, other than when they play London, don't look like they're going to pick up any ball or, or work it in. Don't look like they're going to pick up any points. We say that though, Sheffield are not doing badly this season. They're higher than we thought. They're up to six with a game in hand. They've still got to play Batley, which um, which has been which will be rearranged and they will play each other. Newcastle's down in ten. The only they've got four wins from four in the same situation as Halifax, Witness, and Bradford. Are they playing badly like these other teams are, or is, or is this team just so inconsistent and so shockingly underprepared for the full time thing? Like, yeah. are they winning against? Are they beating Sheffield away, or are Sheffield going to pick up the two points? Well, so when when I used to go and watch Sheffield, there, there was a chance, and uh, they played Bradford, and Jazz always says it all the time. Apparently, and it's and it, the chant base says, and Bradford's in the bin, and they start singing about putting Bradford in the bin. And this year, Sheffield put Bradford in, the bin and, and in a bit of an upset, it actually started with Bradford. Line that we were talking about earlier. So Sheffield have obviously got something in them where they can completely rip the heart out of the team and leave the carcass to fail for the rest of the year. So <laughs> I still back this Sheffield side, obviously I'm just like. But on the other hand, Newcastle, what a abysmal performance they put in last week. I just there was not even a glimpse of hope, so I can't possibly predict them to win. So yeah, Sheffield for me. Yeah, this is tough for me because having seen Newcastle be absolutely abysmal and, and really struggle against York. London were level with Sheffield at half time at the weekend. They did lose 30 points a game and Sheffield fully deserved their win. But it's another team that have only got four wins out of their first set of fixtures. Both these teams are on eight points, but Newcastle have a much, much better point, uh, sorry, a much worse off points difference. Sheffield have got 82. Newcastle have minus 36. So yes, the majority of those came at the weekend against York, which put them below Bradford, having Bradford only losing by three points and stuff. But I'm still going to back Sheffield on this one, just because we know that they can play at that level. And we've under, we under-predicted where we think they're going to finish. We predicted them to finish down, I think, 11 or 12 this season. But it looks like they're going to finish up there. And they can kind of do what Whitehaven did last year and shock a few teams and maybe just push themselves into that into that top five, top six, and with along with, with Barrow Raiders. And I'm going to go for a Sheffield one on this one as well. So we're going to agree with each other again. And I, for some reason, I feel like Toby's going to go with Newcastle because he had he had he's got something about them and he had an agenda with them this year. So <laughs> uh, uh, game number four, following an absolutely fantastic winning drop goal. Um, yesterday morning by Jackson Hastings. West Tigers welcome Sydney rivals South Sydney Rabbitohs. This is huge for West. They finally got that win under their belt. They finally look like they're playing better. 
with Brooks at six and Hastings at seven. Fingers crossed that it looks like it can happen again. But this is South Sydney Rabbitohs, and they are they are just they're up there, aren't they? They're just the quality NRL team that are always going to be a playoff team. Is this West's chance to get to move themselves up the table and just show what they can do, or is the South's going to run by and sort of show them who is the best team in the team? Yeah, I mean, like great result for West this weekend, and um, like you say, things sort of looking like they're heading in the right direction. Although, um, you know, it's easy to pull up a win and start thinking that you've, you've found the answer, but. Still good result. I still can't back them this week. I still think South is too strong. Um, you know they're not they're not as good as they were last year, but they've lost Reynolds and they're still pretty much up there. So it's a it's a super strong side. Um, too good to lose tight, unfortunately. No. Yeah, I mean West West. Uh, Michael Maguire's in same seventeen as South beat to to beat Parramatta. Jake Simkin looks like he's going to be fit to play despite his ankle injury. Jake Fuller on the reserves. And Jock Manning could come in with another dummy half option. It's the same 17, but the players that are playing sort of number four, whatever, the players have mixed around a little bit. So Garner's now in the 17 shirt. Starting Poe has been put back in the four. Ken Marlowe's playing number five without having wearing the number 21. Um, Gil Dart and Peachy drop down to the reserve. Safer. Um, it, it's interesting, but the Rabbitohs look strong as hell. Uh, Burgess has dropped to the bench, Harme Selle has been named a prop, and Davy Moali has been recalled to the bench as I pass, going back into the reserve. I really want West to win this. Like, don't get me wrong, it would be absolutely fantastic if we managed to get this win on Saturday morning over here in the UK. And you know what? Just because I could kind of afford it, and yeah. we're well clear of Toby... I'm going to go with my heart on this one. I've got to go for West Tigers. Brooks at six, Hastings at seven, Laurie at fullback. Although he looked a little bit nervy, he can be really, really good. I love David Northaluma. Jimmy the Jet, not my favourite at centre, but he's doing a good job. I just really hope we can improve the forward pack at the end of the season or towards, like, get, maybe get some loads in, even if it's like Hetherington. I don't mind. It'll be an improvement. Uh, game number five. We're going to drop down to League One. Uh, Toby said in the chat that Keith Lee and Crusaders look like top dogs in League One season. Another team that is sort of up there and in the top four is Swinton. And this week, Swinton travelled to Keith Lee. What, where are you seeing this game go? I think it's going to be a tough one to, to pick, no matter which team you support or how you look. Even if you look at the league table and the league table, picking Keith Lee, it doesn't look like the easy to do. Yes, Swinton, um, obviously, the, the team that's gone down into League One this year. Um, so they'll, you know, they've got that expectation, they've got that pressure. Uh, I, I haven't followed either team too closely this year, um, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just chuck Swinton in there just because I just, I, I, I think they picked up some good signings at the start of the year. Um, I'm just gonna back them. I haven't really got many reasons why. Yeah, I mean, Ke Keithley and Crusaders are the only teams that are unbeaten, but Swinton lies second with a points difference of plus 151. Like, this is this is a massive chance. Like, well done, North Wales Crusaders. You're four wins from four. You've got the Midlands Hurricanes. You're likely to be five wins from five. This is massive for these two teams to stay with North Wales, and for that reason. We, it's really, really tough. I think, I think I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to go with Swinton as well. I hope Keithley kind of do the job. We like Keithley. They're, they're a team that have played in the championship before, and I really like the way they, way they set up. But I think I'm going to have to back on this and go with Swinton. And I think, but I think that only because I think Toby's going to go for Keithley, having, having, told, having told us that they're, they're one of the big dogs this year. Uh, the last game of our weekend, we jumped back up to the championship. Um, it's not probably a game you think I would have picked this week, but... Batley in 5th, Widnes in 8th, both teams within a point break. So Batley got 4 wins from 7, Widnes are 4 wins from 8. Very, really close together, only a point between them. This is going to be a really tight game. Two teams that have made a lot of changes to their squad this year, Widnes without Chapelo, going, I think, believe now they're part-time. 
really difficult to see them down in eighth in the championship after having such good seasons in the Super League for, for them anyway. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with this on this one, and I don't know if you'll agree. Yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna have to disagree with despite the fact that um Valley are playing away and obviously the um witness the two evenly matched sides. I think Batley had a much better season last year, and I've I've watched Widnes play against York, and they, there was nothing they did to write on about. So, um, just off that brief kind of experience, I, I like I like the Batley team. I think they've got um some quite dynamic players, and yeah, I'll back them to to win over Widnes. No, it's really really good, really good sort of predictions there. We've only agreed on on half of them so there is a chance for you to to, 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 re, to regain the lead on that one and if Toby gets six out of six well played to the congratulations to, to that man and um, once we know what he predicted thank you very much for, for listening thank you very much for watching remember if you're new don't forget to drop a follow drop, drop a like whether you're watching on youtube listening on spotify listening through uh, rss please let us know if you you want us to have guests on soon we, we can arrange that um thank you very much for joining me this week robin it was a week where we might not have we should have really had a podcast in but we will we will get one out you'll hear us you'll hear from us again in two weeks time hopefully we'll all be here um it might be next week and we'll have to have a little chat but we will let you know but robin thank you very much for joining me we've been the bit toby's apologized and We'll see you in maybe two weeks' time, maybe next week. You might get two weeks in a row. Uh, peace out. Have a good one. See you later, everyone. Cheers. Sorry about that little technical hitch. We, uh, me and Robin lost connection there. We're, we're talking about the NRL. We're going to reach this. So not watch NRL, NRL watch. And as I just said, it's, it's well, which you haven't heard. I wouldn't do this without Toby usually, but this story is absolutely massive. The revolving door of rugby league transfers, with a new team coming in and players moving and not ha and having a season out and, and everything else. But the Newcastle Knights have reportedly pulled their extension off of Caelan Ponga in a stunning twist to the superstar fullback's future. News Corp reported Ponga and the Knights had agreed to a five-year deal. However, it was pulled by the club on Friday, just a few hours before their game, which Ponga ripped up again as usual and showed why he's worth millions and millions of dollars. Uh, this opens the door for Ponga to link up with the Dolphins after being um, after sitting down with uh, head coach Wayne Bennett, uh, Bennett earlier this month. Ponga is signed until the end of 2024. However, he has an option in his favour for the final two seasons, which means he can leave at any point during those final two seasons and has to make a call by the end of round by round ten, which is in four weeks' time, I believe. Uh, the Dolphins have been surfing Ponga as their potential marquee signing, and it now looks likely that the 24-year-old will end up in Red, uh, Redcliffe. This opens the door for the Knights to storm to chase Storm superstar Cameron Munster, who has also been involved with the Dolphins with a long-term deal. Um, Ponga's father, who's also his agent, Andre, uh, wanted authority over the, when the deal was announced, not the Knights, and that has created some unsettlement at the club. The Knights wanted to unveil the deal last week, but Andre was not on board. The extension was understood to, between, to be between 1.1 and 1.2 million US uh, Australian dollars for another three years, which would have kept Ponga in Newcastle until the end of 2027. Knights management have apparently been fed up with his dad delaying the announcement, as well as the money being paid for Ponga, who has not yet hit his best form. Arguably, he hit his best form after the announcement, which is which is ridiculous. Um, this is huge. It's massive disruption for the Knights off the field, which will affect the players on the field. And yeah, Ponga has six weeks left to decide whether he must activate or knock back his option for 2022 and 2024, but it looks like he won't stay beyond this season. Yeah, I think it's pretty, like, when, when we're sort of having these conversations, you know he's not hanging around. It's just when and to who he goes for, for how much. Um, yeah, quite quite bad for the Newcastle Knights, really. I mean, this is a, a guy that is a superstar player, and when he's saying he doesn't want to commit to your club, it's, I mean, re really, for Ponga, he's thinking, where am I going to win an NRL? That's, that's his mm -hmm. goal, because he's good enough to do it. Um, yeah. And so when he's saying he doesn't want to stay at the Knights, he's basically saying, I don't think this, this club's capable of winning a, 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 a premiership whilst I'm here or in this time span. 
and you know that's not good for the Knights to be in that situation. I think um, it's a weird one because I kind of agree with the idea that he's not in his best form yet, and he's kind of a little bit overrated, a little bit overplayed, yeah. but the potential is is there for him. But I do think that um, this is a good way for Ponga to cash out on that potential before he gets to a point in his career where we go, actually, he never reached the heights that, that we thought was, was going to happen. So I'm sure that's playing a part in his decision to, to, to do it now as well. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he wanted to stay uh, with the deal having been agreed. But they seem, I think to me, it seems like more that his, because his dad's his agent, his dad's wanted to take so much more control. And, we, and we've seen this before where agents have priced players out of moves or pissed off clubs. And I, I say that to be as, as PG as possible. They have annoyed clubs and clubs have gone, you know what, actually, we want the player, but we don't want to deal with you as an agent. So we're not going to offer you the contract. Um, fair play. If Ponga goes to Redcliffe, that's huge for them. That will entice other players to go and maybe accept a little bit less money. I mean, it looks like they've already got the Bromwich twins. They'll already they've already got a number of quality players to play for them next season. Uh, next season. From what it looks like as well, though, the Storm have offered Munster seven hundred and fifty thousand per season to stay, but the Dolphins have indicated that they're willing to pay him a million dollars per season. If the Dolphins now land Ponga, the path will be cleared for the Knights to begin a shock chase for Munster. If you're the Dolphins, do you go for a million a season on Cam Munster or do you go a million a season on Ponga? Because you're only going to be able to afford one for that on that money, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, for me, without a shadow of a doubt, I'd pay Munster every single time. I'd pay more for Munster than I would for Ponga. I know, I know Ponga is a superstar. I know he's in that number one jersey, which seems to be the, the highest paid player or the, the top players in our game. But Munster is world class. Um, he's got a lot of years left in him. He's very, very wise. He's just such a good rugby player. Do you know when he's when he's got the ball in hand, he's, he's a real threat. And he's dogged, and he's a good defender as well. And he's consistent. And yeah, he can he can lose his head a little bit, but I think it's only because he's such a competitor that he just doesn't take a backward step. Which is, um, so, on the other hand, Ponga, I think he's um. He's had so much expectation from a young age that he, he truly believes that he is a superstar. And he, he's a great player, but sometimes that can lead to um, a bit of arrogance. And we've seen it in, in sort of off-field incidents and little remarks and his attitude towards towards certain things happening where it's like, like he's good and he knows it. And sometimes in our sport, that is actually quite a toxic thing to have in a team. Um, difficult to build a team around somebody who's who's got that potential to um, be be a bit arrogant. So, and obviously, you know, look at his dad. If his dad's difficult to deal with, he's following in his footsteps. Maybe, you know, we, we don't know the whole story. I'm just speculating, but may you know. Whereas Munster, I think, okay, he's had his off-field incidents, but they're not they're not uh, they're wrong, but they're not as sort of yeah. dangerous as Ponga's. Yeah. In terms of like how the team responds. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Pong, we'll say this now. Pong is going to go to Redcliffe. Fine. We're like, that will take that. Munster goes to the Knights. Fine. Cool. That makes sense. One player leaves, you sign another player. If, yeah. if you're Melbourne and Munster does decide he's going to leave to go to Newcastle, which would shock me because he's, he's even though he's going to be uh, probably earning more, he's probably not going to be a, good, a, a better team. If you're, if you're Melbourne and Munster leaves, Looking at off-contract halfbacks that aren't going to cost you anything, you've got Albert Kelly at Broncos. Probably not going to go for him. You're looking at the no no one at the Bulldogs is is going to be really worth it. You've got Matt Moylan at the Sharks, and then you're looking further and further down. Kieran Forum is off-contract at the Sea Eagles. Cooper Johns is off-contract at the Storm. Could they offer it to him? Uh, Chanel Harris Tavita at the Warriors. Cody Nicarima's there. I mean. Nobody of any serious world-class note is standing out to you at any club. Anthony Milford at the Rabbitohs is, is available at the end of the season. They're gonna have to. They're gonna really have to do something, convince someone to, or buy someone out of the final year of their contract, aren't they? Yeah, it's a difficult position for the Storm because 
they really don't they really haven't there isn't a replacement for Munster out there so I, I imagine I think that deep down Munster would rather be at the Storm because the same reason that Ponga doesn't want to be at the Knights he wants to be in a team that's at the top of the table every year and he's got a chance of winning more things um, but he's kind of got him in a sticky situation where there isn't much of an alternative and there comes a point where they're going to be paying overs for him so um, it's a fine it's a fine line but I think that they'll be willing to pay a bit more to keep Munster rather than looking at the alternatives that are out there unless they're sitting on some young talent that they're willing to take a risk on yeah, which would which would be very much like the storm under Craig Bellamy. Yeah. We know how yeah. we know how good it, it's, um, is Craig Bellamy and and the storm. We know how good he is as a coach, and but th- this could cause absolute carnage in terms of which halfback to play him where. And I'd only I'd only love it if they, Munster went to Red uh, went to the Knights, or even if Munster stayed at the um, at Melbourne. I'd love the Knights to snap up Blue Brooks for his contract, but. For a million pound a year, and then maybe I hopefully, then then you know, I'd rather pay. Do you know what I mean? It, that'd be fantastic. How crazy! How crazy! Brooks is on a million. And he's <laughs> on seven hundred and fifty. Like that is just so wrong. Yeah, it, it it's really absolutely mental when you think about it. But plenty of players off contract at the end of twenty two. There's plenty of player movement still to come, and there's plenty of movement towards Redcliffe to come as well. As we know, they've not. They haven't got a full 13. They have a few players from the New South Wales Cup side or, well, or the, the sort of Jersey Blake side and stuff. So that'll be absolutely fantastic for them. And fingers crossed that Wayne Bennett does a fantastic job with them. It'd be ridiculous if they finished at the top four side in their first season. We need to move on and it's nearly time to wrap up. So we'll, we'll move on to our, our predictions. Congratulations, Mr. Mr. Robin. You had a six out of six week this week. KR Saints, yeah. Catalan, Fax, Cast, and Whitehaven all picking up wins. That puts you within a point of me after both me and Toby had four point wins. Toby can't catch a break, man. He's, le- he's just lagging behind. He's two points further off you than he started last week. And he's not here, but I'll, I'll have a little giggle at him. <laughs> and so, unfortunately for him, he, he, is, um, he, he is struggling at the minute. And I'm kind of glad because. He, he blew us away last yeah. year. So um, we'll start off, though, with game number one. We'll go to the NRL. It's Cronulla versus Manly. It's this, this is, I've chosen games that look tough for us this week. It's the only game being played on Thursday. I think both teams are reasonably close together in the table. One's fourth, one's sixth, or one's fourth and one's seventh. Tough, really tough um, to pick between these two sides. With no Tom Savojevic for Manly, they always seem to be more inconsistent than consistent. The Sharks, the Sharks are, they're both teams are four wins from six. The Sharks have dropped down third or on points difference after the four moved above them. Um, for me, it's got to be, it's got to be for another. They, they do seem like the team to beat. Other than obviously, other than the, the Panthers and the Storm, they are the team to beat, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. We, we um, picked some good teams this year, and I think we've got a good all-round squad. Whereas um, Manly do tend to rely a little bit on their key players, uh, which they're without. So yeah, I'm gonna back the Sharkies. Yeah, we don't know Toby's result, uh, Toby's predictions yet, by the way. So once we do know them, we'll put them up on social media. Hopefully, we'll send them over. To that. But he's busy, so I'll let him off. Uh, game number two, it's a bottom of the table clash in Super League. It's Leeds Rhinos at home against Toulouse Olympique. Whichever team loses this game will finish. Will be bottom of the table after ten games. Ooh, this is mental. Like no matter which, both these teams will be eleventh and twelve. It's just which way around will they be come come the end of the weekend. I've, I've, I picked to lose last week to beat Catalan, and they looked like they were going to do a good job. Leeds, without Tetovano, without Bentley, Sinfield playing in the halves, Austin's injured. They got blown away. Well, they should have been blown away by a cast team, which they... I don't think they beat them in the end. I don't think they even beat the cast in the end. But, but this is ridiculous, and... I'm with confidence. I'm going to say Toulouse are going to win this one. Oh, it's, uh, it's what a crazy situation. We would not predict this. <laughs> um, yeah, 
terrible league side, I'd hate to be a coach at a doctor's team because <laughs> you've got such a big mess to fix. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I don't know what to say to be honest. I feel like surely I can't back Toulouse to beat Leeds. But then I'm like, you know, this, um, this league side's capable of anything. I think Leeds at home, at the end of the day, they know that this is a this is a real serious game now. Like this is this is a this this is business end of the year already. I yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go in my head and say Leeds, but my heart kind of wants to lose to win. <laughs> That's a big call because I know we we said this didn't we? Like there was two there was a like you, I went we went to a dual pass as we mentioned at the start of the show. On um, Friday, Friday, I think it's Friday, no, Saturday evening, wasn't it? We, we went to the Lions Stadium and there was plenty of chance going on, and there was only two chance. I said to you, I said, I won't actively chant for any other team. I won't like, I won't chant for York. I won't chant for like Newcastle. I won't chant for chant for anyone other than other than Pats. Um, there's only two chants that I agreed I would I'd continue. One of them was just chanting Yorkshire, which is fine. Like, I'm not trying for York. I'm yeah. trying for the county. Perfectly fine. Not, not for the, not for York. Um, the other one was we all ate leagues. <laughs> so, like, like, if, yeah. Who doesn't join in with? I think even Leeds fans sometimes sing it. Like, <laughs> and at the minute, it wouldn't be surprising if, if they carried on. So for me, I, I would love to see them finish bottom or at least finish eleventh. Like. This goes back to the year they got they got into the like the qualifiers and they, they struggled to get out of the qualifiers. Like yeah. it's ridiculous the fact that they're, they're all, that bad this all, year. All seriousness, we hate Leeds but only because they're good and really, <laughs> like Super League needs a strong league side, so they need to get their act together. Obviously we want to lose as well, so for us this is like um we don't really want either team to go down. There's other teams that yeah. um, Toby would feel more than happy to mention. Deserve to be in the championship. <laughs> yeah, a hundred, a hundred, I mean, like, if this is a draw and Toulouse win, both teams will be on four points. So, like, if it goes to Golden Point and Toulouse winning extra time, both teams will get four points. We'll, be, we'll finish the season, we'll finish the weekend on four points. And I think that's the best that we can ask for. I think, isn't it? Like, I, if I'm being strategic, I'd say I want Toulouse to win because you know, they'll struggle to pick up points later in the year, whereas Leeds could turn it around. So we get to lose nice, some nice points, get them that little bit closer to safety, and then Leeds can just go the long way around, but they'll be able to pull it off. But you're still going for Leeds this weekend? I'm still going for Leeds. <laughs> uh, game, <laughs> uh, game number three, Championship. Um, it's a side that we've seen play, Newcastle, away at Sheffield. Two teams that, other than when they play London, don't look like they're going to pick up any ball or work it in. Don't look like they're going to pick up any points. We say that though. Sheffield are not doing badly this season. They're higher than we thought. They're up to six with a game in hand. They've still got to play Batley, which um, which has been which will be rearranged and they will play each other. Newcastle's down in ten. The only they've got four wins from four in the same situation as Halifax with this and Bradford. Are they playing badly like these other teams are, or is, or is this team just so inconsistent and so shockingly underprepared for the full time thing? Like, yeah. Are they winning against? Are they beating Sheffield away, or are Sheffield going to pick up a few points? Well, so when when I used to go and watch Sheffield, there, there was a chance, and uh, they played Bradford, and Jazz always says it all the time. My partner, and it's and it, the chant base says, and Bradford's in the bin, and he starts singing about playing Bradford in the bin. And this year, Sheffield put Bradford in, the bin, and, and in a bit of an upset, and actually started with Bradford. Line that we were talking about earlier. So Sheffield have obviously got something in them where they can completely rip the heart out of the team and leave the carcass to fail for the rest of the year. So <laughs> I still back the Sheffield side, obviously I'm biased. But on the other hand, Newcastle, what a abysmal performance they put in last week. I just there was not even a glimpse of hope, so I can't possibly predict them to win. So yeah, Sheffield for me. Yeah, this is tough for me because having seen Newcastle be absolutely abysmal and, and really struggle against York. London were level with Sheffield at half time at the weekend. They did lose 30 points a game and Sheffield fully deserved their win. But 
it's another team that have only got four wins out of their first set of fixtures. Both these teams are on eight points, but Newcastle have a much, much better point, uh, sorry, a much worse off points difference. Sheffield have got 82, Newcastle have minus 36, but yes, the majority of those came at the weekend against York, which put them below Bradford, having Bradford only losing by three points and stuff. But I'm still going to back Sheffield on this one, just because we know that they can play at that level, and we've under, we under-predicted where we think they were going to finish. We predicted them to finish down, I think, 11th or 12th this season, but it looks like they're going to finish up there, and they can kind of do what Whitehaven did last year and shock a few teams and maybe just push themselves into that into that top five, top six, and with, along with, with Barrow and Raiders. And I'm going to go for a Sheffield one on this one as well. So we're going to agree with each other again. And I, for some reason, I feel like Toby's going to go with Newcastle because he had, he had, he's got something about them. He had an agenda with them this year. So <laughs> uh, uh, game number four, following an absolutely fantastic winning drop goal. Um, yesterday morning by Jackson Hastings. West Tigers welcome Sydney rivals South Sydney Abitos. This is huge for West. They finally got that win under their belt. They finally look like they're playing better with Brooks at six and Hastings at seven. Fingers crossed that it looks like it can happen again. But this is South Sydney Rabbitohs. They are... They are just, they're up there, aren't they? They're just a quality NRL team that are always going to be a playoff team. Is this West's chance to get, to move themselves up the table and just show what they can do? Or is the doubt's going to run by it and sort of show them who is the best team in the team? Yeah, I mean, like, great result for West this weekend. And, um, like you say, things sort of looking like they're heading in the right direction, although... Um, no, it's easy to pull off a win and start thinking that you've, you've found the answer. But still good result. I still can't back them this week. I still think South is too strong. Um, you know, they're not they're not as good as they were last year, but they've lost Reynolds and they're still pretty much up there. So it's a, it's a super strong side. Um, it's too good for the Tigers, unfortunately, mate. Yeah, I mean, West, West uh, Michael Maguire's in the same 17 as South Beach. To, to beat Parramatta. Jake Simkin looks like he's going to be fit to play despite his ankle injury. Jake Fidder on the reserves and Jock Maddington come in with another dummy half option. It's the same 17, but the players that are playing sort of number four or whatever, the players are mixed around a little bit. So Garner's now in a 17 shirt. Starfield Poe has been put back in the four. Ken Marlowe's playing number five without having wearing the number 21. Um, Gildart and Peachy drop down to the reserve. Safe bar. Um, it, it's interesting, but the Rabbitohs look strong as hell. Uh, Burgess has dropped to the bench. Harme Selle has been named a prop. And Davy Moali has been recalled to the bench as Isaiah Pass going back into the reserve. I really want West to win this. Like, don't get me wrong, it would be absolutely fantastic if we managed to get this win on Saturday morning over here in the UK. And you know what? Just because I could kind of afford it, and yeah. we're well clear of Toby, I'm going to go with my heart on this one. I've got to go for West Tigers. Brooks at six, Hastings at seven, Laurie at fullback. Although he looked a little bit nervy, he can be really, really good. I love David Northaluma. Jimmy the Jet, not my favourite at centre, but he's doing a good job. I just really hope we can improve the board pack at the end of the season or towards like get maybe get some loads in, even if it's like Hetherington. I don't mind. It'll be an improvement. Uh, game number five. We're going to drop down to League One. Uh, Toby said in the chat that Keith Lee and Crusaders look like top dogs in League One season. Another team that is sort of up there and in the top four is Swinton. And this week, Swinton travelled to Keith Lee. What, where are you seeing this game go? I think it's going to be a tough one to, to pick, no matter which team you support or how you look. Even if you look at the league table and the league table, picking Keithley, it doesn't look like the easy decision. Yeah, Swinton, um, obviously, the, the team that's gone down into League One this year. Um, so they'll, you know, they've got that expectation, they've got that pressure. Uh, I, I haven't followed either team too closely this year. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just chuck Swinton in there just because I just I, I I think they picked up some good signings at the start of the year. Um, I'm just gonna back them. I, I've 
really got many reasons why. Yeah, I mean, Ke Keith Lee and Crusaders are the only teams that are unbeaten, but Swinton lies second with a points difference of plus 151. Like, this is this is a massive chance. Like, well done, North Wales Crusaders. You're four wins from four. You've got the Midlands Hurricanes. You're likely to be five wins from five. This is massive for these two teams to stay with North Wales. And for that reason, we it's really, really tough. I think, I think I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to go with Swinton as well. I hope Keithley kind of do the job. We like Keithley. They're, they're a team that have played in the championship before, and I really like the way they, way they set up. But I think I'm going to have to back on this and go with Swinton. And I think, but I think that only because I think Toby's going to go for Keithley, having, having, told, having told us that they're, they're one of the big dogs this year. Uh, the last game of our weekend, we jumped back up to the championship. Um, it's not probably a game you think I would have picked this week, but Batley in fifth, Witness in eighth, both teams within a point break. So Batley got four wins from seven, Witness are four wins from eight. Very, really close together, only a point between them. This is going to be a really tight game. Two teams that have made a lot of changes to their squad this year, Witness without Chapelo, going, I think, believe now they're part-time. Really difficult to see them down in eighth in the championship after having such good seasons in the Super League for, for them anyway. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with this on this one, and I don't know if you'll agree. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually gonna have to disagree with, you, despite the fact that um, Batley are playing away, and obviously the um, witness the two evenly matched sides. I think Batley had a much better season last year, and I've I've watched Witness play against York and. They, there was nothing they did to write on about. So, um, just off that brief kind of experience, I, I like I like the Batley team. I think they've got um, some quite dynamic players, and yeah, I'll back them to to win over Widnes. Nice, really, really good, really good sort of predictions there. We've only agreed on on half of them, so there is a chance for you to to to, to, re, to regain the lead on that one. And if Toby gets six out of six, well played to the congratulations to to that man. And um, once we know what he predicted, thank you very much for for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Remember, if you're new, don't forget to drop a follow, drop drop a like. Whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening through uh, RSS. Please let us know if you if you want us to have guests on soon. We we can arrange that. Um, thank you very much for joining me this week, Robin. It was a week where we might not have we shouldn't have really had a podcast in, but we will we will get one out. You'll hear us. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Hopefully, we'll all be here. Um, it might be next week, and we'll, we'll have to have a little chat. But we will let you know. But Robin, thank you very much for joining me. We've been the bit. Toby's apologised. Um, We'll see you in maybe two weeks' time, maybe next week. You might get two weeks in a row. Uh, peace out. Have a good one. See you later, everyone.